0: And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay.
1: Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash?
0: I just said our cash isn't content.
1: Shh. (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org ourblood to make an appointment now. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. ADD and ADHD was as big in the 80s and 90s as it is now. Both me and my brother would have been on medication.
0: I can see that. (laughs) Deadass, deadass. And, you know, as we are thick into the virtual learning Mm -hmm. realm with children, parents and children, I wonder if parents know what to look for in their children behaviorally that will now impact their learning.
1: Deadass. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal.
0: And we're the Ellises.
1: You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys.
0: And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy.
1: Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow.
0: <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married.
1: Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics.
0: Things most folks don't want to talk about
1: through the lens of a millennial married couple dead ass is a term that we say every day so when we say dead ass we're actually saying facts 100 the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth (laughs) we about (laughs) to take pillow talk to a whole new level dead ass starts right now so this karaoke song means a lot to me course because uh y'all know Val love the kids we love i the love kids. the kids i love them too and this man. was an anthem at prototype when we were doing prototype it this was an anthem oh, i
0: know
1: what talking it is shout shout out to to new york i ain't gonna shout out the artist yet till we after okay all right, all right. All right. All right. All
0: right. see I, I was very fitting i wore my new york
1: i see, see you new york I see forever. You. forever
0: it don't matter where i'm at all right you look,
1: you look nice it don't you matter where nice. i'm at it's new right. york
0: forever <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, now.
1: Hey,
0: Bismarck D. I love it. I know I can be what I want to be. If I work hard at it, I'll be where I want to be. I know I can be what I want to be. If I work hard at it, I'll be where I want to be. Hey, hey, hey. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) that's <laughs> <laughs> my song yo let me tell you this season you've been hitting all sorts of notes and octaves <clears> i think somebody's been practicing for karaoke we've
1: been in quarantine it wasn't me though it's been, we've it been wasn't. in quarantine for so a you've been long practicing
0: time. you singing in quarantine yes, I
1: have. you heard yeah, that i've been
0: practicing my bacon <laughs> baking baking.
1: Yes. You've been baking for sure
0: not sure as hell i bacon baking <laughs> all right Bismarck D.
1: yes Bismarck D. that's my new nickname baby
0: <laughs> shout out to triple triple <laughs> I still can't get Triple's name right no, you Anywho can't. Yes Story time
1: Alright So this story time is going to take me back Tell to Tell me a story 2014 Okay I'll never forget it. I'm not going to say the young man's name because um, y'all probably go find them on Facebook because people are crazy. <laughs> but his mom, me my brother and I were doing prototype in Brooklyn, and okay. his mom brought us him to us mm-hmm. because he wanted to be on the football team. Okay,
0: that narrows it down to about 400 kids. Yes. So don't, go look, <laughs> don't go looking them up.
1: And I'm not going to say the school. Uh-huh. But um, she brought him to us, mm-hmm. and she said his issue is he has behavioral issues, so he's been medicated. He has about a 63 average. She just wants him to graduate high school. That's what she That's said. That's her aim. Her aim was, listen, okay. he's off the rails. I just need him to graduate high school. And um, my brother and I have been used to dealing with children like this because he was 14 at the time. And we were like, "Um, let's try something different. You know, we're not going to do the whole screaming thing and get upset at him. And so let's, uh, let's try to give him accountability first and tell them, listen, if your average does not come up to a 75 after this first semester with us, you can no longer participate in prototype. So a lot of times what we notice is if you give accountability to kids and they're around other kids who exist in that same accountability realm, mm. they'll normally just step up uh, without you having right, to be super because nobody wants to be the...
0: the right, they the, don't the,
1: want to be the dumb kid. The,
0: right, or the butt of the joke. Yeah. The butt of the joke. So right. pretty
1: much, we since you, know, you had to have at least an 85, no one wanted to be a dumb kid had prototype mm-hmm. so he worked to get his grades up right and then um we asked him seriously like what's the matter He said, man when I take this medication I just don't feel good when I'm in school I'm tired and I feel sluggish. So me and my brother was like talking to his mom and said, can he stop taking the medication for a semester and see how it goes? His grades went up to an 88 after, Eight taking, a half, him off the medication. after taking him off the medication mm-hmm. and he started a workout program with us and we gave him words of affirmation to say, whenever he felt nervous. Mm. So remember we used to say, I'm big, I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm elite, elite, I'm I'm a a prototype. prototype, That started with this young man because he didn't have confidence. So like if you get nervous before tests, meditate, go to yourself. I'm big, I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm elite. And then we we spoke words of positivity. You can do this, like you've already done this. Mm. This young man ended up graduating from high school with an 88 average, attending college, and now has his bachelor's degree
0: medication free
1: and medication free and his mom just wanted him to graduate she wanted him to pass and here this young man was able to go on and do well and excel and go to school she said never in a million years did she think her son would go to college wow and he went on his own merit earned academic scholarship so that's my my story i'm proud i'm not going to say his name the people who know me probably know this young man because they know who I'm talking about, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to blast him about what his grades were mm-hmm. <laughs> before Prototype. But It's
0: not how you start. It's I'm how proud you of finish. Him. That's true. That's true. You know I'm, what I mean? I'm proud of it him. is how you finish. And he's not the only one. All right. So the new normal, though I really do not want to accept this as like the new normal they I don't like accept it it's the new temporary how about that <laughs> it's the new interim okay, okay if you will okay um but whatever this is has really changed the way our children um, are experiencing education yes but today we're talking about how virtual learning affects children with learning disabilities hmm And um, we're here to gain some insight on how to best support our kids through this transition. Because like I said, now parents have assumed the role of teachers and everywhere else in between when it comes to the educational staff. And um, being normally in those environments, in school environments, teachers can then pick up on a learning uh, disability that a child may have or some sort of behavioral right behavior um, issue. issue so now that parents are home with their children yeah. you know how do you really hone in on realizing what those things are how do we differentiate yes what just may be frustration from the parent right and um maybe frustration from the child right who just may not even understand or the t- the parent may not understand how to navigate um such a, a deficit so we decided to bring in an expert today yes. because we don't know nothing about that Side of things. We just know our own three kids and we're still learning them. <laughs> we right. are still learning them on a day to day basis. Right. So allow me to introduce our special guest today, Dr. Rima Naeem. Rima attended the University of Southern California where she completed her bachelor's, master's, and doctorate.
1: She was there a three. long time. She
0: was there a long <laughs> time. Um, in psychology and occupational therapy, her love for animation and creative nature gave birth to the Senso Kids, four lovable sensory characters whose role is to educate clients and families about occupational therapy and the sensory systems we work with. Dr. Yes. Naeem. Received her SIPT, that's Sensory Integration and uh, Praxis Test certification, shortly after opening OT Studios, Inc., and becoming a CAS, which is a Certified Autism Specialist, to expand her knowledge and passion for working with Century uh, Integration. She currently oversees the business and is working on expanding the Senso Kids brand. She is also a fairly new mama yes. as yes, well. Yes, yes, yes. Clap it up, um, clap it to up. To a beautiful little boy, Xavier. Yes. Thank you for joining us today, Rima. Yes. We're yes. so, much for so happy me. to have you here.
2: Thank you, thank you. And it's
0: amazing that we have you here on the day that your book launched.
2: I know, it's crazy. It actually happened. I've been working on this for five years now, wow. so it's pretty wow amazing since i opened the clinic which is five years ago so That's this was a huge accomplishment on my end no
0: for sure <laughs> and what i love is that in speaking with you rima just having past conversations mm-hmm. you talked about um how much you were able to or desiring to somehow find a way to use your creativity mm-hmm. when it came to your practicals you know pr- for pers- profession
2: mm-hmm. and I'm
0: I'm super happy for you. I'm super excited that you were able to navigate this and find a way to integrate um, your creativity and your love for that mm-hmm. into your field of work.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I, I initially as a child wanted to be a music video director. Oh, oh yeah. that was my okay.
0: Name. You would have been recruiting me then <laughs> because
2: I used to yeah, yeah, be a no, video big I know, right? I was super and I still into- do. <laughs> 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 Just for my husband. Okay. No, I was super into like uh, filmmaking and in music and and just the, the ability to express myself creatively. Mm-hmm. But um, in my culture and my background, my family was all, you have to be a doctor or a lawyer. That industry ah, is right, too right, difficult right. to maneuver through. Yeah. And um, I went into occupational therapy, got my doctorate, and then I the creative bug did not want to leave me. The creative never, bug was l- like, it's going to come out some way. And it came out in my profession, which is um, something I'm so excited about and proud of. That's amazing.
1: Well, I mean, I'm I'm excited about it and yeah. I, 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 you know, read the sensory kids and one thing that kind of interests me was learning about two new senses my whole life girl i was taught about there being five senses
0: i was today years old when i found out that we had seven senses and not five yes. yeah and i felt mm-hmm. i feel like now i'm doing my children a disservice i need yes. to take this book home with me so yes, that yes, <laughs> yes. i can introduce the other two to no, my seriously. children
1: seriously can you can you uh pretty much break down the the seven senses or the two ag- the additional, two additional. Senses, the so two additional. The,
2: the five that we all know of right yes. mm-hmm. we all know the five senses mm-hmm. but there are two additional senses, and they are the vestibular system and the proprioceptive system. The vestibular system being the movement and balance system. Mm -hmm. So basically, let's say if you close your eyes and you move your head right, left, back, forward, you know the direction you're moving based upon your vestibular sense, which is located in the inner ear, Mm -hmm. Um, or if you're on a roller coaster and you close your eyes, you know which direction direction you're going. That's your vestibular sense. Okay. Then you have the proprioceptive sense, which is basically muscle activity. So your, if I do jumping jacks, the joint receptors are sending connections to my brain that this is what your body is doing in Mm -hmm. this action, right? Understanding the importance of those two will help when it comes to child development because if you think about the playground and children trying to navigate new um, the jungle gym mm-hmm. or new um, activities within the playground setting, some children who are having a hard time processing these sensory mm-hmm. this sensory input are having an issue with praxis, which is basically the um, neurological connection or neurological display of uh, connection between the cognition and the action Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. so your
2: cognition and your action kind of connectively through the through the brain so them having an issue with that is a sensory concern but a lot of times it will look like the kid is antisocial Ah. They don't want to play in the playground.
0: So it surfaces as a behavioral issue. Exactly. So,
2: Ah. oh, she's sitting on the corner because she doesn't want to play with anyone. She doesn't like to engage. No, she may have an issue with praxis. She may have a motor planning issue. Her senses may be affected. So let's get a sensory evaluation done by an occupational therapist before labeling a behavior or, Ah. you know, an issue that may not be that. I mean, I'm not saying it isn't a behavior issue, but I'm saying there's something else that you should consider it being. Right,
0: so it's not just automatically labeling the child. It's like, okay, do we do our due diligence as a parent to say, you know what, let's have our child see an occupational therapist. So for someone who may not know Mm -hmm. what exactly an occupational therapist does, Mm -hmm. can you let them know what you do?
2: Absolutely, so as an OT, I'm in pediatrics. OTs are in many different facets and areas, Mm -hmm. but um, I am in pediatrics. And what we do is we basically work with children who have autism, developmental delay, sensory processing disorder, children who are um, not meeting certain milestones and we do evaluations on them we see exactly what areas are limiting gross motor fine motor social emotional where it is and then we create treatment plans and goals around those um, areas and that's what we do we work with them on achieving those goals um, in the long run
1: so this was crazy right because I saw an occupational therapist um, after my surgery, mm-hmm. and most people do when you're a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. All these motor skills, proprioception, vestibular, mm-hmm. I've heard these terms before. Mm-hmm. After you come back from an injury, you have to mm-hmm. retrain your body mm-hmm. to be able to do these things. So, mm-hmm. for example, I remember when I came off my surgery and I broke my finger. I In the very beginning, I had an issue catching the ball, not mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to catch a ball, but it was working on the motor skill from my finger being ready to catch. So we had to do a bunch of, like, you know therapy things for me to get yeah. that back mm-hmm. so it makes it it makes me think how many kids probably struggle with those things from young
2: mm-hmm. and we
1: just pass that off as oh this kid is just something's wrong with them without mm-hmm. working on it mm-hmm. we're only ready to work on it mm-hmm. as adults when we see it fits for something like athletics mm-hmm. but this is important for everyday everyday absolutely. interaction
2: absolutely i feel like pediatric ot and just ot in general and under I feel like an understanding of sensory mm-hmm. integration and an understanding of how it can impact or 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 be uh, affect your child's development is important for all parents and all teachers and anyone who's really interacting with a child on a day-to-day basis because understanding that information will help you pinpoint certain things you may mm. have not thought of and Probably not label things as oh this is definitely a behavioral or this got to this got to be this or that. No, maybe this is sensory related because a lot of things can be sensory related. There's a there's a thin line with right. the behavior and the sensory and yep. just understanding. So I feel
0: like part of what what an occupational therapist does is investigative. So it's finding out what it, what is, it is, and then you're corrective because mm-hmm. if you can correct certain things on an earlier phase right. for Absolutely. the child, yeah. then it will not impede the progress of their growth and hitting those milestones. Well, Yes,
2: if a child comes to us with tactile defensiveness when they're maybe three or four it's easier for us to work with that or younger Mm -hmm. preferably Mm -hmm. but if it's later on in development it's a lot harder. Tactile defensiveness is what? Um, Defensiveness too so basically if you are wearing something that um, is itchy or bothersome Uh mm -hmm. for you and me it might be okay this is just bothersome I can handle it though I can still live my daily life but for someone who has tactile defensiveness it would be a real bothering
1: problem problem, Mm -hmm. and it will
2: actually impact their daily life. So if they can't
1: articulate that to their parents, Mm
2: -hmm. they
1: may come across as a behavioral issue in school if they're wearing a turtleneck that's that's bothering them. And you know how many times we've seen this? I think yeah.
0: I've even seen this in Jackson. I used to get those fleeces that you zip absolutely up, you zip up here, and he's like, "I hate zipper on my neck," and I'm like, yeah. "Dude, it's just a zipper." Like and I'm a, saying that as an adult, but no. But as
2: long as it's not impacting his daily life, as long uh-huh. as he's—I mean, I hate certain textures too, and I, but I mm-hmm. can still function. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can't function, then there's a, there's a there's right. a level that need you need to see someone who can actually work with you. And in OT, as an OT, when we work with these things, we work basically with the neurological system in the clinic all under the guise of play so the child doesn't realize that what we're doing has a neurological basis right. the child is thinking I'm playing right.
1: I have a play right. date today with I have Dr. a play <laughs> date, but what I'm
2: doing really is mm-hmm. you know navigating these um, neurological sensory um, concerns
1: and, I, and I'll say why that's important especially from a young age we got a lot of parents in prototype whose children whether it was a boy or a girl who brought their, their children to, brought their children to prototype because they felt like they were antisocial. And they were mm-hmm. like, they need to work out. Because they're so antisocial, they don't want to go outside. And since they don't want to go outside and they're antisocial, their parents are worried that they won't be good people. You know, like they just, they're just loners. being a part of a team, being maybe, a part of a team.
0: Assimilating mm-hmm. with people, mm-hmm.
2: being so, able to interact. So,
1: and bringing them the prototype, we worked on these drills, mm-hmm. just taught them how to be sports. And as they became more confident doing these drills, because they did it over and over again, mm-hmm. when they got back to their block of their community, they felt more comfortable going outside to play Mm -hmm. basketball because their balance was better, they were Mm -hmm. a little bit stronger, they were faster. And then they started to develop friends because we all develop our society, well as society, we all develop our friends through play.
2: Totally. So Absolutely. when you make
1: a kid feel more comfortable mm-hmm. with their body, they'll feel more comfortable speaking to another child. And I've seen it firsthand with Prototype.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I've seen it just for, firsthand in 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 playground settings. Mm-hmm. And I've just been seeing, that must just be a great like specimen. Oh, area the playground for you. is the, the best playground. place. <laughs> yeah, you can mm-hmm. see all kinds of things in the playground. But yeah, yeah it, it it makes you think. And then a lot of the teachers will will identify, oh, this kid doesn't want. To. Or for example. Um, on the uh, circle time. Mm-hmm. If a child is sitting at circle time and he's rolling around on the carpet and mm-hmm. not paying attention, mm-hmm. the teachers will sometimes think he's got a behavior Behavioral problem. Issue. Right. No, maybe it's his vestibular system, his balance and movement sense mm-hmm. that may need, you know, maybe, maybe he's, he's having on. a hard time processing that, infor- that feedback and that right. sensory information. So if he's inadequately processing it, then it's unfair to be labeling him as right. having a behavior issue. Right. So get him an OT referral. Let's figure out what this is. What this is. But not knowing about these other two senses. Yeah. Right. You don't know You don't know right. what about you're these looking for.
0: Exactly. And you so, worry. As yeah. a parent, you just worry. So are there any tools that parents can use, I guess, prior to getting to an, an OT? Hmm. doctor. Are there any tools that parents can use to help identify a child with some sort of sensory issue or deficit, particularly the two that we are
2: referring to that
0: many people don't know
2: about? Right. So in terms of that, I would think a lot of it is if it, for the younger kids, it would be uh, understanding the milestones, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding your child's level of meeting certain social milestones. Mm-hmm. If you're catching it in an early, early phase, it's make sure that they're reaching their developmental milestones. Mm. Later on, I would suggest, I mean, personally, I would suggest getting an evaluation just because we have specific standardized evaluations, the sensory okay. profile, the sensory processing measure, and then we also have the sensory integration and praxis test, mm. which will identify. Um, so the t- Tool, I would say in identifying the tools, it would most likely be a standardized assessment. Mm. Um, getting that done if you see certain characteristics in your child like the ones we were talking about.
1: Dope. This is funny how we, even as an adult, you characterize someone as being socially awkward and you notice that they have they're physically awkward as well and you never think that they may be socially awkward cuz they've always been physically awkward mm-hmm. so they've mm-hmm. always separated themselves from people and mm-hmm. now they're socially awkward because they were always physically awkward mm-hmm. but i have a question
2: mm-hmm.
1: how are parents because parents are struggling with this if for the past year almost when it has been a year it'll be a year feels like a year, though. it feels the longest year <laughs> it feels ever longer but when you have children who cannot go to the classroom setting. Right. So there is no carpet time, rug time. Like right. There's no kids, interaction there's with no children interaction. anymore. Yeah. Children are literally sitting at the computer and then coming to talk to their parents. How can parents... Like mm-hmm. begin to look for these signs at home because you mm-hmm. don't want to spend a whole year. We don't know how long we're gonna be like this.
0: Absolutely. and so many milestones can be hit can, within yeah. a year. De- even so just many. depending on the child's age range. I mean, right. mm-hmm. most of them we look for. I, I would say, is it safe to say, or when they're younger, like in a couple months? In, I would in years, definitely but...
2: look for everything. The earlier the, the, the earlier better, the better. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I know the CDC has a checklist that you can download for mm-hmm. free. Um, that. Kind of gives you an idea of what milestones your child should be meeting at mm-hmm. certain points. Um, so, following those milestones, making sure you're with your pediatrician. Your pediatrician is also looking at this stuff too. Right. So, communicating any concerns to your pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for virtual learning, um, yes, uh, it's definitely a cause. It's, it's definitely a concerning thing when you mm-hmm. have a child who may have sensory concerns yeah. and they're in home with a <laughs> with the inability to do much so movement breaks are huge being able to take movement breaks yes. um understanding that they may need to do the proprioceptive jumping jacks and yes. get a little bit of vestibular you know uh, movement going So the importance of recess, recess yes. yes necessary absolutely yes. important mm-hmm. um, there are things like fidget toys that are huge he I just, just said that okay
1: it. about the he fidget did. spinners
2: yes not only that but chewing i don't know if you were one of these people but chewing on your pencil uh, so a lot of the kids pencil, have these little, chewy, the little chewy things that you can chew on instead oh. of the pencil. Mm-hmm. Um, Proprioception—that's your jaw muscle activity—kind of giving you some sort of ability to fo- little, maintain a little more attention, a little focus. Mm. Um, even, even the sense of taste, like mm-hmm. eating things like sour candy or something that alerts you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, little things like that to just. Stimulate, oh, stimulate and awaken. Yeah, now,
1: this is important because Jackson mm-hmm. is the one kid who will always be like, I need something, I gotta eat something. And he's always, and it makes you wonder. I thought if, it was just
0: him being a growing boy. So I'm like, mm-hmm. he's gonna eat me out of the house and home soon.
1: Do you ever watch him when he's on his computer? Yeah. Whenever he's on his computer, he's always doing something else while sitting on the computer. Yeah. He's yeah. always, he has his phone. And sometimes I'm like, put your phone down. Mm-hmm. Then he'll put his phone down, then he'll have his pencil. He's like twirling his pencil. Or he'll put, and I'm just like, bro, right. what is wrong with you? Like, sit still. But that's when I had to check myself and say maybe I shouldn't tell him to sit Mm still. I should find something for him to do.
2: Maybe that's helping modulate his sensory arousal level so that it's at optimal level of arousal where he's able to maintain the the focus and attention needed um and i think that's great that he's found. now if there was a if if he was unable Mm -hmm. if it was impeding his chances of focusing entirely and he was not getting anything done then i would say okay this is a cause for concern but if he's finding ways to modulate his arousal level and get himself to focus then that's actually not something to to judge, but to encourage, okay, that helps you. If sitting on a wiggly chair helps you, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, well, let's do well, it. You, you know, know what's I
0: mean? funny? You mentioned the wiggly you, chair. You're about to say it. <laughs> I'm about to say it. Jackson, we've set up his room, a space in his room where um, that's his workstation for okay. school, you know, because we wanted to mimic the classroom. So I literally got him a desk and I got him this like swivel chair, okay. you know, it's blue mm-hmm. and it goes up and down and it sw- <laughs> swivels, right? So at random points, during the, day, During the day, we'll be downstairs in the kitchen or whatever. He's in his room concentrating, and then we'll hear, like, a boom or, like, a crash.
1: K-dum-dum-dum.
0: And we're just like, what the hell is going on up there? I'm like, it's not gym class. I don't know I what he's know doing experience. Is. He's, like, falling out of the chair, or he's spinning, or he's just doing something. The chair is broken now, Rima. Oh, no. The whole yes. back of the chair has fallen, <laughs> fallen off. off. The, the screws like, are everywhere. He's been like. And he's oh, just, you know, and yeah. now that you mention it, I'm like, that's, yeah. that's Jackson. That's Jackson. But this is the crazy thing
1: academically he's through the roof Mm -hmm. and athletically he's just he excels athletically but if he were in a class setting and kept moving you know what they'd say yeah he has a behavioral issue and you know he needs to go see someone about it because he won't sit still that was my brother Brian Mm -hmm. and I got the I got in trouble for the same thing devout won't be quiet he Mm -hmm. won't sit still Mm -hmm. and I I worry that he's gonna get to a point where they're like well he needs medication because when I worked with I worked with a ton of middle school kids for the past 10 years. And there's always a point when they get to about seventh grade where we see young black boys in particular where it's like, oh, he needs medication. He has ADD or ADHD. Mm -hmm. And their parents will bring them to us at Prototype and be like, well, before we do this, can you guys work with him and see what it is? Mm -hmm. So we give them a a workout regimen for them to do at home Mm -hmm. and for them to do with us. Mm -hmm. And we've noticed that their behavior calms down when they work out right so can you talk a little bit about how movement just helps
2: yeah absolutely uh proprioception is like Mm -hmm. the main modulator of everything right like Mm -hmm. uh, we always consider it like when everything fails use probe Mm -hmm. um and it's basically muscle activity which is what you're saying muscle activity whether it's pushing something heavy whether it's Um, you know, doing any climbing activities, Mm -hmm. things that really incorporate muscle strength and muscle activity is a modulator. So if a person is super high aroused and unable to Mm -hmm. pay attention or low arousal and needs a little push, it's always a good idea to incorporate probe. And that is something you see as well from an athletics perspective. I feel like DeVal is like the poster child for that. Because
0: if this guy is go. not pushing can't a weight go. or lifting, you know, a, a, a barbell, he can't cannot focus. focus. No, seriously. It's like he literally has seriously. to be yeah. moving in every order day. to be calm. I'm
1: yeah. at your house every day with your husband. Every I day know. I have to lift weights. <laughs> if I don't lift yeah. weights, my, and to think about it, think mm-hmm. about how productive I've been since I started lifting weights every day going to Slick's house. Yeah. Oh, Think about how much we've my gotten done. <laughs> I, lifting weights for me has been like the, cause even mm-hmm. before we started going to lift weights, I was running. But mm-hmm. I didn't have anything heavy in my house. Mm-hmm. So I felt restless. Right. Once I'm done lifting weights in the morning, I'm I'm, I'm like, like,
0: yeah, so now. you, you can go. lift me, boo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I got a whole yeah, you weight, weight on the head. You
0: <laughs> on you. Like right,
1: don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 look. You
0: said that with a little bit too much conviction and passion for my
1: life. It's the type okay. of weight I like, baby. It's
0: quarantine weight. It's the type of weight I <laughs> Just like. Let's be clear. I'm not
1: complaining about that wagon you're <laughs> It's
0: a dragon, for sure. (laughs) I need to get some squats in so we can (laughs) stand up. Um, So, Rima, for new parents, um, because we have many people who follow that are around the millennial age range, either have children, thinking of having children, For new parents, at what age should they start to look for the signs during this um, developmental process that may or may not be an issue for their children? And second part is a two-part question. Should parents look for different
2: signs between boys and girls?
1: Yeah, that's a huge question. Uh, I
2: mean, that for that, I would say there are studies that say, you know, boys... Um, develop gross motor skills faster and girls develop fine motor skills faster or boys mm. are and what's less the communication um gross motor and fine motor so mm. um fine motor like writing or doing anything girls with, are better
1: at that right yeah
2: well yeah so studies yeah. have shown this um i feel like all children develop on their own trajectory and okay. i do believe that there is you know some some truth to that but mm-hmm. at the same time um I wouldn't say that would be the, the thing to think about. I think it would be really looking at milestones. When it comes to um, autism specifically, which people with, with children with sensory processing issue a lot of times have au- I mean, autism. They do go kind of, you know, hand, they, there are sensory processing disorders on their own, but mm-hmm. then there's also autism-linked uh, sensory processing disorders. And then to just look for the communication, like, do they pay attention? Do they look at you in the eyes? Do mm-hmm. they pay uh, focus and eye attention? Um, giggles, laughs. Are they socially kind of communicating with mm-hmm. you? Are they waving bye bye? Are they right. clapping when they do something good? This is They're as young as social. seven months, eight months. I believe so. Yeah, like yeah. around eight, nine, right. eight yeah. months and above, nine months and above.
0: Even tracing, like the baby yeah. looking back and forth, that's something that happens yeah. at mm-hmm. a couple months.
2: Pointing to things, it's their nonverbal social mm-hmm. communication skills. So okay. you should definitely be looking for that, but. I know that the pediatricians do the M-Chat, I believe, um, which is a series of questions um, around 18 months, I want to think. I'm not a pediatrician, so I don't know. But around well. that time, um, uh, they'll do the M-Chat, and that's that's a, also a big, a big one uh, in terms of an assessment. But, yeah, if you see any concerns, if you see mm. anything that you find is a little bit strange or odd, I would always go to the pediatrician and ask for, um, you know, advice on how to proceed and if it is a sensory issue then I would always say, you know, a, approach an OT.
0: So if a child is sus- uh, suspected to have autism, autism. for example, um, it would be an assessment from an OT at first, it is would that be typically
2: f- what happens? It would be from the pediatrician first, the okay. pediatrician would screen it Okay. Um, and then they would go on to refer you, whether it's to a developmental pediatrician or whoever else that they would, but we we would get the referral after that. So the developmental pediatrician or the pediatrician would refer.
0: I know that it's been heavily debated where autism or any of these um, the behavioral um, issues or, or you know problems may arise. And I know that there's probably certain risk factors that maybe start as early as when a woman is pregnant or not. Um, I thought
1: you was going to ask about the vaccines because now well, with...
2: Well, that's part of it. You know, okay. we're, that's mm-hmm. a big um, hot I don't know now if that's,
1: now, yeah. I know you're an OT, but the I don't M- know if that's...
2: The MMR vaccine, I mean, there's no there's no real justification. I mean, I know mm-hmm. people feel strongly about vaccines, but. Yeah, that's
0: saying. Some that people are really either on yeah. board about it or
2: so what not. So what do you think? There are, I don't I don't believe that there's a strong link, based on research, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that there's a strong link to the MMR um, vaccine, but uh-huh. I do understand the concerns, and I do yeah, understand right. every parent's concern is warranted. Mm-hmm. Everybody's concerned. Um, that's the concern
1: for the COVID vaccine now because we're like we don't want to be the first to try it and if you have young kids that have to go back to school I'm not going to just let you stick my kid with a needle and we don't know what the long term effects are right
2: Um, there's no like bulletproof clear cut like reason or Mm -hmm. um, explanation as to how autism appears right uh, Mm -hmm. which is you know, concerning. It's, kind of it's concerning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I feel like you feel like if there was yeah. a way that we can combat this, you'd great. do it. Yeah, and we'd be doing it as early as maybe yeah. when you're pregnant, because you can relate to this now right. as a mom. Um, I'm sure, uh, Rima, in that you try to do everything perfect while you're pregnant, like you follow all the yeah. rules. Yeah. Don't eat this. Yeah. Do that. Yes. Take your prenatal. Yeah. Do that. And then you just ultimately pray for a healthy baby mm-hmm. totally. that will grow to be an amazing person, and totally. you just never know some of the factors that may you know, impede yeah. the progress yeah. or slow things down. So,
2: yeah.
1: Well, do you think that autism has, was something that always existed, but now we just have ways to diagnose it, so it's become a little bit more of a hot-button topic now?
2: I believe that we've definitely improved the ability to diagnose it, yeah, and right. the ability to hi- to find out that, okay, this, this child definitely is showing symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have that before, mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, so yes, I definitely think it contributes for sure, mm-hmm. um, so but that's a good thing because then now right. you have an earlier chance of finding what we need to work on and how and we that can be yeah, and how we can get in there from a young
0: age. I feel like we may know some people who now in our adult life was just like oh such and such was just kind of socially awkward growing up,
2: right. but then
0: as an adult you may be like wait maybe he might have you
2: know been autistic and we just right. didn't right. know. And there is a spectrum, so there's there is a spectrum. You know, right. um, so High functioning sure. versus low, yeah, because I know yeah. some
1: high functioning people now who I think may have been autistic, but some people just crazy. No. <laughs> sometimes i look at my wife it. sometimes no. i look at my wife and i'm just like
0: you know, she nah. may be
1: on the spectrum she, that decision she made you really needed to buy all them shoes <laughs> no you needed to buy that Listen, was a poor decision that's
0: the way i deal with what sense is that <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like a fifth sense uh, eighth sense that i don't know exists yeah, that i different definitely sense. have <laughs>
1: that's c-e-n-t-s that's the sense you be spending sense. a lot of sense <laughs> and making Dallas. no sense
0: that's Dallas. so um the American association of uh, school administrators can a survey of more than 500 uh, superintendents across the country in June Mm. when asked what they struggled to provide um, as schools switch to distance learning the number one response was uh, special education systems this is huge that's that's huge huge. because you think about parents who uh, not only have to work and try to provide a life for these children but Mm. then don't even know how to adequately um, special for
1: special needs yeah, yeah.
0: particularly Absolutely. special needs how are they um, mm-hmm. working with their children now with limited resources so 83% of superintendents said that they were finding it hard to do so where many people may have had you know a place to bring their child who was special needs or had maybe a right. attendant that came in
2: mm-hmm. now
0: they don't have they anything don't have that because schools of COVID. provided that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i guess my question is how far of a setback is this for children? You figure it's only been a couple months, like we said, feels like a year, but how do you see an impact in how this is gonna affect children long-term having had this situation that we're in for the past few months?
2: Absolutely. And I is some like... of that
0: gonna be corrective later? Or, like, I almost feel like our this, this generation of children who are school
2: age are set back so far. Right, no, I feel like a lot of our kids, even because of COVID, were afraid to come back into the clinic and they were, mm-hmm you know, struggling with some serious, um, you know, sensory concerns. And seeing them now as they're more likely to come back into the clinic, it's Mm. you obviously will feel, you see a complete digression. Yeah, yeah. like now we have to kind of, you know, work harder. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it is, is, I would suggest if your child is in OT or has been in OT to get them back in OT as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for us we've taken huge measures of uh, being very, safe with the following the CDC guidelines and making right. sure everything's sanitized. But, um, and I know most clinics that I know of are as well. Um, mm-hmm. So getting back into the sessions is most helpful because yeah, just leaving it to, you know, ma- watching all of that progress, all of a sudden start to, to you decline. know, to decline. Yeah. It's, it's, it being it's, a whole setback.
1: You know what I would tell parents, um, and we do this with our boys, and we were doing this before distance learning started. We always incorporate physical activity, but also arts and craft Mm -hmm. because we have our youngest son, Kaz, and Kaz is very different Mm -hmm. than the other boys. Mm -hmm. But Kaz loves to feel Mm -hmm. like he loves to play in the dirt. He He loves sand. He loves water. Yeah. So we feel like we always wanted to make that part of his routine because when he's able to do those things, he then feels better. Afterwards, you know, yeah. so we mm-hmm. try to make sure that arts and craft is always an important part. Plato. doh uh, Yes, loves Play-Doh. he loves
0: yeah. play I have to watch him so he doesn't eat it. <laughs> However, <laughs> he likes to experiment with it. He's eating, um, everything. He's eating everything. But it's, it's amazing because parents with multiple children, you have to now evaluate each child. And that's why we talk about how important it is Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're engaging with each child
2: on a certain level so that way you know what to look for whenever you... And each child is a unique case, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to OT. You know, Mm -hmm. um, There's not one answer for all. It's very Mm -hmm. much specific to the child and the child's specific needs from a sensory perspective.
0: For sure. So that's
2: why the evaluation from an OT is always... The most important part because then mm-hmm. you'll get the specific response for that child or the specific treatment right well yeah. i also
1: know that every family can't afford an ot so are there certain things yeah. that a family yeah. like if you can give some advice to a family mm-hmm. that has children who are middle school elementary that you feel like listen this child may have a case yeah what yeah. are, resources yeah. That yeah, they what can are find? the resources or what could they do at home to help
2: um yeah i mean when it comes to the virtual stuff and when it comes to focus and attention, I would say just prioritize getting all of those little sensory gadgets. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever your child may be seeking, uh, whatever sensory uh, um, output they're experiencing or they're needing, just facilitate that. Okay, if Mm -hmm. you can't sit still, let's do exactly what you guys are pretty much doing. You know, let's facilitate what we can to make sure our child is able to focus and pay attention. But no, ultimately, uh, if you're below the age of three, the regional center services are free. Okay. So, okay. That's okay. good to know.
1: A lot good of people know. don't yeah. know that.
2: Regional yeah. center. So if you contact your nearest regional center and say, I think my child is having these concerns, could you please evaluate? Um, they should be able to guide you in the right directions. And then also um, from that point on into the school district as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know black people
1: that's... fear getting their children evaluated because they fear yeah. the label. The label. Yeah. You know, the label is tough yes, for black people absolutely. and a lot of the parents we dealt with didn't want to get their kid evaluated. But how talk about how important it is mm. to get their children evaluated
2: even even if so. And a lot of the times it's not even a label that you'll get. A lot of the times it's more so, okay, there's some sensory concerns here that we can work with and, you know, we work with it. But it's 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 more detrimental for the child if they don't if they have Autism or they have uh, uh, something that needs to be labeled and they don't get it to them until later Then they have just really really done a disservice to their child So I would suggest and 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 a lot of the times it's also not um, You know, it's not autism. It's possibly a sensory processing concern or Mm. something that we can work with in in the clinic That's not you know um, So stigmatized Right, but it's Ooh, doing it's more of
0: it. Yeah, it's, the it it's the stigma, it, stigma around the, it, yeah, yeah, the stigma around the label. It's almost like someone going to seek therapy. You know, right. just something as simple as, as that. There's a stigma around therapy. It's yeah. like, oh, you're not right
2: in your head if you have to go speak to someone about the way you're feeling, especially
1: in the black community. But For
2: sure, that needs to change because yes. if you don't, if you don't get the help, you're doing the bigger the bigger disservice to your loved ones, to yourself, to mm-hmm. your children. The disservice is coming on in a higher level than than just living with it and acting like everything is perfectly fine. Um, And it'll catch up to you in the end. Yeah,
0: especially when you know that a lot of this can be corrected.
2: Uh, I know, if you wait until 15 to get a diagnosis, well, we could have done so much more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So what's the point in, I understand the stigma and I understand the reasons behind being scared, but I encourage um, parents um, to to do the right thing by their child and, and get the necessary diagnosis if needed, yeah. um, but evaluation.
1: I would encourage the same thing because um, the stigma comes from a lack of trust that black people have for healthcare professionals, uh, specifically if they don't look like them. Right. So a lot of the black moms and dads that we had come through prototypes prototype was like, I'll take him to go see someone but they got to be black because, you know, yes. if you don't understand black culture, if you don't understand black people, yeah. when you look at things, you look at things through a lens that everything they do is wrong. Right. Or anyway. almost
0: feeling like you want Absolutely. someone who can relate to your particular struggles or right. traumas that you may have had to endure. Absolutely. Same thing with a, um, a a midwife. When I was seeking a midwife, yeah. I was like, let me find the blickety blackest one that I could find <laughs> right. because yeah. I'm right. like, she's going to understand that black women are dying, <laughs> you know, th- during childbirth. Right. Right. You know, black babies are dying at a way faster rate than than right. b- our white counterparts. Right. So I think that's super important. And, and, and I mean, do you see diversity
2: in your field? I do, absolutely, yeah. I, a, lot of, a lot of incredible um, African-American OTs that we have, a lot of doctors of OT, a, a lot of people doing amazing amazing things in the field. So we got um, no excuses, people. No, we <laughs> got no excuses, <laughs> no excuses, definitely.
0: A friend of mine um, found out that her son was autistic very early on, and I applaud her because she has been super involved and invested in making sure he has every resource mm-hmm. available. They're yep. based in New York, okay. um, so she said that she was just surprised at how many you know available resources were literally oh, at her fingertips.
1: Sure. yeah when you she research showed,
0: she posted a, a her son's schedule like on a on a the weekly schedule and he had this therapy that person this person you know literally every person was in a time slot to ensure mm-hmm. that he was getting the total right. package right. and Absolutely. help that he needed and I really applauded her and I, I I was happy that she was letting people know because like we yeah. said with the stigma she could have been like well no. I'm not going to show my baby as much because he is autistic right? instead mm-hmm. she's empowering people to speak up about it Love you know that. and in- inspiring people to say yeah. you know what get your yeah. child
2: checked out if you see something right. is not you know Absolutely. normal and many times it is a collaboration collaborative effort you know mm-hmm. it is the ot the pt the speech mm-hmm. patho- speech language pathologist it, it is a whole bunch of people working together to to help this child you know, live the best life possible and as independently as possible. And you see a huge difference from kids we've seen. We've had children that have been with us since a few months old. Mm. Um, Now, you know, a few years old. And you see a huge, huge significant growth and difference if parents are consistent with going to therapy, showing up, making the effort, doing what they need to do. If a parent is inconsistent, you'll also see the change. You'll see that in the the therapy results. Mm -hmm. Is that
0: frustrating for you um, as an OT? Like if you see a child who has the potential Uh, to be so much farther along. It's so
2: frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating. So many times we do see kids who yeah. need the therapy so desperately and parents are like, oh, I, well, you know, I've got this. Or oh, They don't, under. I, don't, I think they misunderstand OT because mm. they don't understand that through the guise of play, there's a lot going on. Right. And in their mind, it's like, okay, they're just playing, I don't know. So with this book, I kind of wanted to shed light on the fact that yes we are doing play like activities but if you understand the senses if you understand, understand through a story like perspective mm-hmm. you know um, what could be happening with your child and mm-hmm. how you could be fixing it and how we are actually working on these things in the clinic then maybe you'll give it a little bit more of an understanding of okay I need to put emphasis a lot of the times I'll be like oh speech is more important speech is more important it's like absolutely speech is important but right. there's a huge component here in OT that you're missing right. um, and you see it in the child you see the child not reaching the max potential in that. Is there a link between sensory
0: um, issues and or the approach that you take as an OT and like the Montessori method? Because I know that Montessori, yeah, the Montessori learning method, method is, is a lot of, play. a lot of play-based. Yeah. play-based. For us at first, I was kind of like, they play all day. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, I think you could play at home. Like, yeah. <laughs> why am I yeah. paying you fifteen hundred dollars yeah. a month to play? Um, and right. then we kind of like bought into the sauce at one point uh, with Cairo for a little bit. He wasn't yeah. feeling that particular school mm-hmm. in particular, but I know that there's some amazing yeah. people who have sent children, sent their yeah. children to Montessori schools for I years, was, and yeah. and yeah. they saw mm-hmm. amazing. Um, you know, amazing results, results with their right. children. So is there a direct link, you think, between, like, the sensory Montessori method?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's this, there is, I'm sure, sensory perspectives in the Montessori method, Montessori being the educational component and sensory mm-hmm. processing be, being more of a, you mm-hmm. know, a medically driven mm-hmm. uh, product. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I mean, I'm sure they incorporate. I was in, went to Montessori as a child myself, and okay. they do oh, wow. incorporate a lot of sensory activities into it. And there is a, I guess, a kind of link but right. they're two very they're, they're still two separate, Too separate. well it's we
1: grew up in the exact opposite of Montessori we facts. were in school where you had to sit your ass mm-hmm. down we did Do not, if you were fidgeting you would get hit with a ruler Yeah. which mm-hmm. now I'm starting mm-hmm. to think about how many remember, think about how many behavioral issues there were in Bethlehem we were abused there were a lot of kids <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> now we, that
0: I think about we it we were we oh, my were, goodness. Uh, you, you
1: know better now you do better. Yeah, but, corporal um,
0: punishment was a thing in the school. Mm-hmm. that Deval and I went to the same elementary yeah. school. He stayed mm-hmm. for a couple years. I stayed throughout the entire um, elementary and, like, junior high school phase of life. But And the people who were able me... to,
1: to thrive in there were super successful. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of people who left Bethlehem. And, and now that I think about it, you never gave them a chance to work through their Sensory, sensory issues issue. if they had yeah. you considered oh, it was oh my goodness it, it was the
0: actual opposite it was
1: wow. do not move if you move you get popped with the ruler yeah right. children if you that say something or popped. It spoke
0: it, out of turn or mm-hmm. anything there was like a consequence for mm-hmm. that and I will couple that by saying that there was a lot of love in that school too absolutely as, as hard as it may seem you absolutely know, but um, there was a lot of love in that school yeah. as well and a genuine care for the child but I also we spoke about mm-hmm. generational traumas and like how we came to um, pass down these ways of child rearing that they deemed yeah. necessary at the time when it mm-hmm. years ago. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta keep a black child in line by like beating them and making sure that they know there's consequences for their action. So I never wanna say that we were in a very hostile environment no. at that mm-hmm. time. But We're both there was as a successful
1: as we are because in part because of Bethlehem Baptist Academy. Yeah. Right. But I do also understand that there are certain things that I allow Jackson to do because I've learned better that my mom would have never allowed me to do. Yeah. For example, yeah, they, my mother would have got me a chair that does not turn, does not swivel, <laughs> the back cannot move. I would not have any toys. No devices. No devices, no phones. But Jackson gets to sit at his laptop right. with his device, with his toys, in a chair that moves right. because it allows him to find a way to focus. That was the exact opposite. I would have been in a, a all-white room mm-hmm. with one chair <laughs> and a notebook. And, and just had you know, just had to work like that.
2: Yeah, and that's why I feel like it's so important to provide the education and the awareness. Absolutely, because then other parents will also start to see things the way you do, and other teachers will start to see things the way you do, and start to understand. Okay, there's more to this. Right. And there's better ways that we can handle this For the development that's, of the child Yeah. And it's
1: absolutely. important now Especially with so much distant learning But, um,
2: yeah. Rima,
1: you don't have to run, right? Because we have to do listener letters But before we do listener letters We have to take a quick break Okay So you go cool, no, right? I'm cool. Yay, that's okay, good cool. we love so, to get an
0: expert perspective On um, yes. what people write in So, okay. yeah, we'll come back after we uh, pay some bills Pay some bills Because y'all seen Kay likes to spend all these cents, cents. It's She it's all spends about all these sense. cents so. Val thinks that I lack common sense But I really don't I just like <laughs> spending sense. As
1: long as it's a deal though gonna so go sale. pay these bills So I can just pay for whatever <laughs> it is That she just described Just now We'll be back We'll be right we'll listen back listen to <laughs> Hey what's good y'all I think it's important for you to understand Why black representation in media is important It's important because The media represents how people view us And it's important that they understand That black people are not a monolithic people
0: That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black
1: Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective.
0: And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay.
1: Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash?
0: I just said our cash isn't content.
1: Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green.Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all. Losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp.
1: Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered.
0: When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day.
1: I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know... It doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushion.
0: That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you.
1: All right, we back. I went and paid mad bills. I went and stripped, too, so I can help, you know, cover whatever the lack is. I got to make ends meet. Got to make ends clearly, meet, all right? Clearly, so, did
0: so, you did something strange for a little
1: change. I had to with the way you spend money, but um <laughs> we right. are back now. We got listen letters. Like, like I said before, we have Rima Naeem with us. Doctor. You, doctor.
0: Keep, you keep leaving off the doctor. Yeah. My, good, my good sister's no. been in school for mad years. Anybody okay. who go to
1: school for nine years yeah. deserves to be called doctor. Absolutely. Because I did four, and it felt like, woo,
0: <laughs> woo. All right, so uh, we
1: are back with Dr. Ne- uh, Rima Naim, and we're going to answer these listener letters. We have one today. I'm going to start <clears throat> reading out loud. <laughs> I am a married mom, not me, she is, with two sons and a daughter, <laughs> ages seven through 12. Even when school was operating normally, advocating for our children could be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Now, with virtual learning, what tips would you have for parents on how to best advocate for? for your child and ensure that their needs are being met? You know, Rima loves to advocate for X, and X is only eight months. She she better be his best
0: (laughs) advocate. I would (laughs) hope so.
1: Especially when they are a creative, active child that learn best through creative and in-person interaction. How do we advocate for these children during this time?
2: I mean, I would suggest contacting and reaching out to the schools. I know that it's difficult. I know it's hard. But reaching out to them and just advocating for, you know, any kind of, aid or any kind of mm-hmm. help that you can get within the home system. I do know of some parents who have been able to get help. Mm-hmm. Is this f- locally? Is this from Calif- is this a California? Um, she doesn't
1: say exactly okay. where we are, but if, we are, if they are in yeah, California, I've, then...
2: Yeah, I believe that there are ways to go around it. I know it's difficult. I know the school district and everything is a really yeah. hard process. I can totally sympathize with that. But I would suggest continuing to advocate as much as you can and trying to reach out and trying to get you know, as much, um, uh, you know, as many resources as you can to get an aid or to get some kind of help within the home system yeah. to help. I
1: agree, you know what I would do? I, I already know what Kay would do, because it wouldn't even be me, she would be on it. But Kay is not afraid of moving our children, especially with remote learning. You can remote learn with any school, and any curriculum. Mm-hmm. So if that curriculum does not fit with your child, hey, you know what? I may have to remove my child from this situation right. and try to find yeah. a remote learning curriculum that works yeah, with, with helps them moving forward. Yeah, that's I what mean, I would do.
0: Because, you know, as much as I, I don't like to be it has a negative connotation helicopter parent or like being over your child for me it's not about being a helicopter mom it's about being involved like there's a difference you know totally. what I mean mm-hmm. and knowing what I'm looking for with my child us moms, dads we know our children best yes. right. so Absolutely. if you see that there's a deficit or you know that something may impede their progress I'm I'm the queen of pivoting and just yeah. pulling them from whatever it needs to, and then finding the resources yep. so one thing I know is what I don't know mm-hmm. so if I don't know something I'm the first to try to find resources or asking um, you know friends asking right. an es- expert asking a friend who may know somebody who knows somebody and getting a referral that way and I mean there's levels to needs that children have that need to be met Um, for us the simplest thing so far, just to even get that in-person interaction for the children together, is just creating a safe space of families who we know have yeah. been, you know, yeah. quarantining, you have been laying yeah. low. Right. Your kids haven't been in school. My kids haven't been in school. So right.
1: Definitely have found that community. We found our community where
0: we feel mm-hmm. safe because we yeah. definitely don't take COVID lightly. So there's a certain community where we say, okay, y'all have been at home. We've been at home for the most part. We can then get our children together and then create small playgroup environments where the kids can get together and play Absolutely. safely. Absolutely. You know, I think that's very necessary. Jackson says he misses the interaction that he used to have with his classmates.
2: And I get it. Yeah. And I mean, we've not been through this before, so we don't know what the long term situation is going to be. Everything is so up in the air. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, so it is important to make sure that you're giving them similar activities or similar things that they were doing beforehand, but in a safe space, in a safe, controlled space. Sure. I will say
1: this too. I'm gonna look at the camera directly when I say this. <laughs> all right. For all the parents who are now advocating for their kids, advocating with an ad- R, advocating. Right? <laughs> you said something that I would I would challenge. You said that we know our kids best. I challenge that because these kids spend six to eight hours with these teachers mm-hmm. every day. And I hear a lot of my friends and a lot of people saying on social media, all that stuff I was saying about my son when he was acting crazy, (laughs) and I was telling the teacher that I know my child, I do not know Know this person, (laughs) because I've been in that house with them for four months now. So
0: it's like, who am I stuck at home with? Because this is not the child I was advocating for
1: before. And they're behaving the (laughs) way the teacher said they were behaving in class, and of course your children act completely different around you, than they act around their classmates and their teachers, so... Um, I would say to parents, give grace to educators when we're going through this as well because educators are also learning how to maneuver through COVID. So even though you want to advocate, as much as possible, <laughs> give grace and allow it to work itself out a little bit before you jump the gun.
0: That's true, Absolutely. because I'm definitely a gun jumper. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> I'll be the one to be like, uh, no, <laughs> I know that my son is not capable of this. And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, you know. These kids just surprise us every day. But, yeah. I, you know, when I did say that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you that, mean, yeah. Yeah, I like that you like to play devil's advocate. But it's just like we I have that to. maternal instinct to know when something is wrong or not. So Absolutely. So go with your gut, I would say, no? And I think
2: yes. as parents now, especially when you're watching your children in... In um, these home settings, realizing and learning and understanding that if you're seeing things that are out of the norm for you, if you think this is something that's different, um, if they're, you know, uh, behaving. Um, you know uh, where they can't focus they can't pay Mm -hmm. attention they're super super you know all over the place and you never knew this about your child before because you weren't in this position with them right that is what I think is important to take that and realize okay maybe you know this isn't behavior I don't need to yell at him or right you know maybe there is something else happening here and just to keep that in mind um, and not to be so quick to jump and be like oh my kid is you know? And she took
1: my moment of truth. That we we do a moment of truth oh, at no. the end, but that was perfect. That though. was
2: like a, a, a no. That's a nice
0: segue to moment of truth. So yeah, that exactly. <laughs> it's pretty much like what we've taken yeah. away from this okay. show because we love for people to have takeaways. Like what can we gather yes. from the conversation? So right. usually we sum up the end of the show with a moment of truth. So oh, yeah. we might as well segue in it since <laughs> yes. you know you threw <laughs> the assist, go no, we'll yeah. dunk that yeah. shit, now. We'll dunk that. No, yeah. I
1: mean my yeah. my moment of truth. Even last night I created a post before you came here and that oh. said that um just because your child won't sit still doesn't mean they have a behavioral issue Mm. we need to investigate what other options we have before we just throw medication and labels at them Mm -hmm. go see someone and Mm -hmm. see if there's something else going on you know and that that was it like Mm -hmm. he may still have a behavioral issue but he or she may not yeah so before we just run there Mm -hmm. let's try to exhaust all options and this to me is a viable option because I've seen sensory issues with kids for Mm -hmm. over the past decade Mm -hmm. solve a lot of problems on kids who were both medicated and unmedicated. So
2: I'm an advocate for that. Also, just to find just to say this, if you do see these sensory issues or sensory concerns and they're not impeding your child's daily life, your child is completely learning and going to school fine and, you know, it's minor. you know it's okay it's not mm-hmm. something to say oh my god my child is you know itching because they have a sweater on right this is something i need to be concerned with i know i'm super mm-hmm. um you know aware and hyper mm-hmm. um Aware There's of anything worse than happens sequins my under
0: the armpit. Yeah. you worn a dress like Yeah. All yeah to the top. Under when the my sequence under the armpit can yeah. be all itchy and it gives you a oh. whole rash. But situation. just
2: know that as long oh, as, no. as it's not impacting daily right. life, as long as it's not impacting their function. daily life, they can yeah. still function. They're okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you know, right? It's fine. Don't
0: all y'all flood. Uh, Rima's page now. And be I, like, my child yeah. I put him in
2: wool. Like, it has to be something that's <laughs>
0: affecting the child from act- Well, if you're going to flood uh, Rima's page. Yeah, tell
1: us where we can find you. Flood
0: her uh, page for this amazing book here. First of all, I love that the cover is super attractive <laughs> and colorful, yeah. diverse characters. Okay. Yes. I feel like many children can look and see someone who potentially it looks, looks like a little them. bit like yeah. them. You know what I mean? Boy or girl. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And I love mm-hmm. that this is to your son. Yes. Uh, we dedicated
1: yes. our book to our three boys too
0: yes, yeah absolutely so tell everybody oh my, I didn't so. even do my moment of truth I just thought about it because oh. I remembered. well it's real quick um <laughs> we we're mm-hmm. in a temporary situation
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay I'm putting it out there this is in the interim As much as we need grace, we need to give our children grace. Mm -hmm. Give them a space to feel as if they can be themselves. And in being themselves, I think that really brings us down to the core of then assessing what potentially may be. A deficit or a behavioral issue or a sensory issue yes. or whatever the case may be um, but just really trying to clock in as a parent and see okay what exactly may be triggering this mm-hmm. is this just something something temporary like the time that we're in because of the situation that we're in where children True. are at home is it something that will likely go back to normal once we have our normal back right. mm-hmm. so just give our children grace as much as we would expect that mm-hmm. as adults because I feel like sometimes as parents or as adults we tend to be like well sit still do that but you know right. we're giving our kids orders all the time where if we just kind of take a step back and just say, you know what, honey, I understand that this is like yeah. a really, yeah. you know, strange situation that we're in. I would love for you to be in school with your friends. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to have this particular, you know, playroom or classroom mm-hmm. setting. Right. Um,
2: just letting them yeah. be and then moving from there. Because it is a huge change for them and yes. realizing yes. as much as it's affecting you, it's really really them that is yes man, that man. i have my days where
0: i'm just trying to keep it together yeah. okay
2: absolutely all
0: right rima so dr rima naim tell everyone where they can find you where yes. they can find your book
2: the um this is the first book in a series um and it's called the adventures of the senso kids and it's basically the senso kids who are four sensory characters that represent the sensory systems we work with mm-hmm. and they're like mini ots So uh, we basically educate parents on the senses, and then we have a story. This one is focused on the tactile sense Mm. of a child who's having a hard time um, adequately processing tactile information and how she calls on the senso kids. They magically appear, and they pretty much do activities we would do in the clinic, but home-based activities. Oh, that's nice. Um, This is Dr. Rima. doesn't,
0: Doesn't... she
2: looked just <laughs> like
0: <her. laughs> so they call on yeah. dr rima
2: to then so or she calls she, on the senso kids she's pretty much the the narrator and she starts off basically explaining what the senses are ah. then we go into introducing ah. the senso kids so you know who the senso kids are and then we go into the story this is nice. very in depth i nice. love it that's so pretty and at the end a there's a parent teacher education page which explains in a little more complicated language mm-hmm. um what the Character in the story was dealing with, and how the Senso kids helped her, and oh, why those it. activities were helpful for her. Oh, I love and that's that. The, yeah. first that's is dope. the first is um, the touch sense, and then we're going to come out with more on the vestibular and the probe and the other senses yes. to give that's a dope. little bit more education. The senses that as well. I found out about today. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> okay. was today years old. I was today years old, yeah.
1: Well, where can they yeah. find you on social media, oh, Dr. Remo?
0: At OT Studios LA. Fabulous. Yep. So you got all yes. the tea right there. Sounds <laughs> good. All right now. And uh, be sure to find us on social media, y'all. Um, That's the podcast on Instagram. Yes. And Kadina I am.
1: And I am DeVal. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate. Review and subscribe. Dr. Rima, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much. All
1: right, we'll see you. I'll be there pushing weights tomorrow morning. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) know. Because what (laughs) sense is that again? Proprioception.
2: Propioception. See, I'm not using that in my
1: everyday language. Push the weight, baby. Push the (laughs) weight.
0: There
1: you go. (laughs)
2: Deadass.
1: (laughs) Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead the podcast and never miss a thing.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference.
1: That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule.
0: It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.
1: You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now.